This is Reese, and you're listening to the Point Music Podcast thingy. Hello, Reese from the Point Music Podcast here. Holy crap, this was a fun one and um, a weird one because all sorts of gremlins and stuff happened during it. This episode, we chat to Mick Hughes from um, Sunny Coast Rue Boys, Queensland Scar and Reggae Festival, Sasta, Cool Britannia. Um, he does, he's worse than me. He does so much stuff. And I got a lot of time and a lot of respect for him. Um, so we talk about the Sunny Coast Rude Boys new single um, and a few things behind that. And then we go and Tangent City. So sit back, buckle in, and enjoy this podcast. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Mick Hughes. And we are live. Mick Hughes, what is the crack? How are you, fella? Hey, crack's I, good. I did, I did an Irish was, thing. I did an did Irish thing. thing. I did a thing. You did. The, the crack was good in Crickle <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone, Mick Hughes from Sunny Coast, Rude Boys, and Queensland Scar Festival. And um, what's, how do you pronounce the Irish band here? Is it Sasta? Sasta. Very close, yeah. Sasta, That's very good. And and Cool Britannia. Yeah, man. It's all happening, hey? Jeez, you're worse than me. You are worse than me. And not many musicians can say that, Reese. <laughs> I actually have calmed down in my older age, man. I used to be in like five bands at one stage. But, you know, two's enough for me. And this. Oh, hey, congrats on new single. Thank you very much. It was great fun making it. Yeah, it was really good fun. Kind of surprised me because I wasn't expecting. Normally, you're like the king of like self promotion on the coast, and I would have known about it like probably about a month ago. But yeah, um, kind of popped that one past me and I went, oh, oh crap, they're going to be single. Oh, hey, woo, all right, cool. Let's yeah, see. it was all right. We just smashed it out there and it was great fun. And yeah, it's, we're really pleased with how it turned out. We, we recorded three, um, three singles in one day um, with a 10-piece band, which was a, a bit of, it was like military operations. So I literally had a time Excel spreadsheet. Was, right, you lot in, all the horns yeah. out get all the horns, they've got five-piece horns before we start. So we're like, you're right, you lot bugger off. <laughs> so we were started at nine in the morning, one o'clock the horns came in, we had to have the foundations of everything of three songs done, including that one you're talking about. And then the horns came in and, and we sort of directed well, them. Well, coincidentally, because I gave you the heads up, I did a, I did a sneaky bit of research this afternoon, it was actually like literally half an hour ago, I was listening to, uh, what's Alex's podcast? Super fun, happy, awesome Alex Rothschild. Yeah, it's the, the the pedal show that he does with with Gabor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you and mean. I they're actually sure. talking about you on that. Oh, were they? Yeah. All good. All good. I hope. Yeah, no. <laughs> what it was because um um for those that don't know, Alex um he runs Paperbark Studios where Sunny Coast Rude Boys have just um, recorded. Um, great little studio in Nambour, just on the outskirts mm. of Nambour there. Um, and Alex is a legend. I have a lot of time for that dude. Um, and he was mentioning. Because um, he the, he was asked, oh, what have you been doing? He said, oh yeah, it's it's because of restrictions. He's now going to start recording artists again. He said, but one of the first ones was a ten-piece band, and we had to do it in a roster. So like, yeah. <laughs> rhythm section in first, and then right, okay. And as you're explaining, just a spreadsheet kind of thing, and then the horn section in. That can only be so many people at the same time, and then you had to get in and do the vocals. Yeah, man, that would have been a mission. Uh, do you know what it was? Do you know what I know? I honestly mean this. I know a lot of people would just say this when they were doing an interview or anything, but I honestly mean it. It was an absolute joy. It was so easy because mm. that I tell you what, that band are the easiest crew to work with. They're the they're just so well. They've got they've got the juice. They've got the talent to start with, and they're just so enthusiastic and helpful. And everyone's, you know, we've. I mean, saying that everyone now, we've got a couple of young, young fellas. Not everyone. Not yeah, it's a rotating them, roster that you have. It's a different band oh, every time no, I see you guys, though. Yeah. Well, no, we're pretty no. much. There's only it's been a couple. Now. No, there's. A, but it's added. We've added oh, to it. Okay, we went go. from two, two to three to four to five, six horns sometimes. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's adding to it. But it's not. No, the, the core groups always pretty much been the same. Yeah. Um, but no, they're so enthusiastic. But and, and you got because of the. The majority of the group, you know, I'm I'm 46 in a couple of weeks. I've been at this forever, mm. and the other guys are sort of my age and, and and older. Most of them, apart from two, everyone else is 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 my age or older. 
Um, so we're all we've all been there and done it. So we're kind of the, the the nice part about that is everyone's kind of done the big gigs and lost the ego, and everyone's just nice, and they've all got the experience. They it just takes a while for that. Yeah, that bullshit to wear off. But once you go through all that, and you go, yes, I've done the big gig, and I've done the big support gig, and we can all calm down and be nice to yeah. each other. <laughs> I mean, you're you're lucky in that regard because your last gig's pretty sure was with Melbourne Scar Orchestra, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of yeah that came around pretty well. I've done a few with with those guys. I've done a few with Nikki Nikki uh, uh, and Nikki Bomber. We kind of hit it off a, a couple of years ago um, at a festival purely by chance, actually down in uh, my I was with my Irish bands down in um, Port Ferry Folk Festival. Oh yep. And uh, we had some friends. I've got some friends that I knew from other bands, you know, that were in the Melbourne Sky Whistler, and I got chatting to those guys. And, of course, Nicky was there sort of after party type thing. We got chatting there. And um, it was quite – it was funny how it worked out because what they did was at the – it was the – it was the Pogues anniversary, one of the anniversaries. I forgot off the top of the head. And it's interesting because I I grew up – Grew up in London from yeah. an Irish. I we grew up with those guys. I know yeah. all those lads from. But you've still kids. got all your teeth, unlike yeah. Still, no, Shane's got Shane's got all his teeth now, man. Shane looks great now. <laughs> That's he can't good. walk very well, but Shane's got perfect railings. My God, they're beautiful. They were like a burnt fence there for a while, but no, yeah. perfect now. Well, that was what. But anyway, um, what they did was they gave all. There was us, my band Sosta. Uh, there was Melbourne Sky Orchestra, a few other bands. And uh, they they got given a Pogues or a song that the Pogues were famous for. A lot of the Pogues songs were, were sort of traditional Irish songs that they they covered. Um, but we got talking. He was like, "Bloody, I've been given this song and I don't know what to do." And my friend, who's in the band, was like, "Why don't Mick play Scar?" And he's in an and he's an Irish guy, like originally. Mm-hmm. So we got chatting anyway, and I ended up doing the song with Nicky for 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 the Melbourne Sky Orchestra down there and we've become buddies ever since so we've done we must have done a dozen gigs now between us like he's come up and, and fronted my band with with the Rude Boys with yep. me a few times and we do a, a, a gig at the Triffid uh, at least once a year together and stuff so yeah it's worked out he's a and he's a uh, what I always introduce him as a, a master class on stagemanship, <laughs> stagecraft. <laughs> he is a master class. He's, uh, he's something else. That very way. demanding, man. I, I, I've got a lot of respect for, for Nicky Bomber. Like, um, the amount of times that, particularly at Cloudy Music Festival, seen there. Yeah, yeah. That one time that they played Soul Bar and. Um, it was absolutely packed. I couldn't actually stay for the whole gig because it was, it was that packed. But what it was, like, going to gigs all the time i'm used to people behaving in certain ways it was yeah. the easter i'm pretty sure it was the easter long weekend yeah and it was all people our age behaving yeah, yeah. Ba- behaving badly all oh, right so see the, the old the older you get out you just go out more infrequently yeah and then you i think they were right using out. this excuse i saw some yeah. pretty <laughs> random stuff hey <laughs> And I, I looked at me and my wife looked at each other and we just went, yeah, we've got to get out of here. Yeah, we've got to do that. No, he's a, he's a great guy and uh, he's very interesting, a very different character off the stage. Uh, he stays at the play, my place here when he when he does get out or comes up and does gigs with us. And he's a, no, he's a great guy, very, very grateful. I very value the friendship very, very much. He's a great guy, great for a bit of advice and, and giving me a point as with the, especially with the Rude Boy stuff, he's been a great help, you know. Mm. Uh, what Pogue song did you do? Uh, we did, uh, it's actually a Dubliner song that the Pogues kind of made famous uh, yep. called uh, Dirty Old Town. About, yeah, uh, I, I know, that's is, the only song I was actually... The only song, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was very old. Well, he he, he yeah. knew, vaguely knew the song, but didn't know the song, which is ironically about a place in uh, in Manchester called yeah. Salford, which yeah. is uh, not, not an Irish song at all. Really. That was off the <laughs> Rum, Sod Me and the Lash album. Oh, look at you pulling these, knocking them out of the park. Fair play to you, man. I, I grew, I grew up I grew up on, on um, like, all that stuff. Well, my, like Jeez. I was telling you about my dad's a poem, so like, um, I was brought up on all sorts of more British than American sort of music. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd and Liz Open Beatles and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, the Pogues, very, it's a very Sunday afternoon drinking bourbon and playing chess kind of album. <laughs> and that's what's Absolutely. burned into my head is my dad doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, that's cool. So um, back to the, the single. Yeah. Um, A lot of fun. And uh, like you said, you bashed it out pretty, pretty quickly. Like, you, you seriously... You were how, how many days were you in there? So it was three, one, three songs. We record three songs one day and then mix mix them mix them for two. They sound great, man. I know. Wow, hey, musicians, take note. That's how shit's done. Um, bloody that's hell. How you do it. 
Look, well, you got ten piece band, you got to pay everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shit gets make done, work, man. Work, you're on. <laughs> yeah, it. wow. No, no, no chance of failure there. Jesus. Yeah, that's no, impressive, man. Guys. It was it was really good fun day. It was the uh, it, honestly, like I said, it's, it was I thoroughly enjoyed uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. We knew it well. We went in. It was a couple of takes. Um, got the foundations, bass, guitar, yep, uh, keys, drums down, and vocals, guide vocal, and then um, got that down. I sang the horn parts as they went through. I la 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 them, and then we cut them out, and then the horns went in. Did them all in one room. Yeah. Um, in their mics, so there was not much separation really. But they, they, you know, they're pretty good. We got, we got guys that we got um, all, all, of, all the horn players we had. We had five in that day, uh, the main five that we have in. So we had uh, Annie, who's just an awesome sax player. She's from Conservatory. Everyone knows Annie J, mate. It's just, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Love Annie J as I do. She's phenomenal. I'd say, when you're on stage with Annie J, I always joke with Annie. I just say, whenever you're in trouble, Annie's like Annie's like your uh, your big strong mate when it's going off in the pub a little bit. If I get ever get in trouble mm. in, on a gig or in a state or in a song, I turn around to Annie, give her the nod, and she'll just do a solo. And she'll <laughs> nail it every time until I get my shit together, and yeah. then I'm back into it with the next verse. So there's Annie. There's young Ash, um, who's uh, another gun of a sax player from the conservatorium he's a young kid yeah uh, really really nice guy uh as is sam uh, sam's a new guy in as well from the uh, uh, jmi mm-hmm. in brisbane uh and then we have got um we've got the two um we've got the uh, two lads from blowhard uh, that were in the fun addicts as well uh, all right which is yeah, we've got Steve and, uh, and and Wayne as well. So yeah, we've uh, we're very 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 lucky, very very lucky. They're cool guys. Mm. So yeah, did that. Did a few layers. Got a few harmonies going, and all good. And a cheeky little video to go with it. That was all smashed out pretty quickly, man. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, going off onto that whole blowhard thing. I mean, I know it was pretty. A, a big deal for the Brisbane community um, with, with Rollo passing pretty yeah. pretty suddenly. I mean, I know he was a big dude and everything like that, but it's still not completely. No, it's not cool. Yeah, poor thing. I mean, you know, these things happen in life and it, it was very sad. Do you know what? Um, it's a very sad situation. Um, I never met Rollo. Mm. Um, I never met him. I, I came over from Dublin to Australia about 2000, end of 2007. Um and I wasn't playing sort of reggae or ska or any of that stuff. So at that stage, uh, so I never met the fella, um, but I heard a lot about him. Mm. And then I'd met Wayne and Steve uh, through a band called the Fun Addicts, great band, yeah. a ska band called the Fun Addicts. Um, I'd met them a few gigs. I'd booked them a few times, and I'd met them. We'd done some support gigs with Bad Manners and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And um, so yeah, I met these guys, had a few beers with them after gigs and everything, and that that was that. And then when I sort of expanded the the Rude Boys, you know, that they were available to play and became friends with these guys. And you know, over rehearsals, a few few beers and a few chats, and you you heard these stories. And I think he was uh, he was best man at one of the weddings, one of their weddings. I think it was Steve's wedding or Wayne's wedding, one of the other. I'm not sure. Mm. But they were very close friends, all of them. And you could just hear their. Uh, you know, I'm getting very uh, Irish and poetic now. <laughs> so for when, when they, uh, when I could see their faces when they were talking about this man and how much he meant to them. Yeah. So there was a few little things that they said, like you know, he was there. You know, he just sort of lived for the music, and that was his thing. And that's what I wrote. He's just here for the music. And, mm. Well, know, he was very instrumental in a lot of um, changes happening in the Brisbane gig- in the Brisbane live gigging scene. He, um, Absolutely, big yeah. Voice for it. Yeah. I mean, so I just wanted to write a write a. I just wanted to do. I don't know, I just felt it when they were saying it, and I just thought I, I could do something. I just, you know, it's a song I really enjoy. It seems to go down very well, and it's a very simple kind of poppy scar song, and, it, yeah, we love it, and, yeah, it's gone really well. Really uh, pleased with the recording. The studio recording came out great, and it was nice because I got Steve, who was his really good mate to do this, like, matador trumpet delay pedal kind of intro and then wayne who's his other friend who's the trombone player in who both played in bad manners as well actually yep. um 
did a big solo in the middle for his mate and everything. So I was like, well, oh, and then when we when we play it live, I get one of the boys to uh, to introduce it, uh, introduce the song as well. So that's nice. So that's their little their little doff of the cat to it. Very cool. Yeah. 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 All right. So. I will, I happen to go to like I've I've been to plenty of Woodfords in my time. Was that the the, the Rude Boys' first Woodford just gone? It was indeed, yeah, yeah. Right. So you guys would have just been awestruck and dumbfounded by the response you you would have got for that, right? Yeah, we got a. Uh, I, I personally played Woodford four or five times prior with yeah. with other with our other band, and we've done sort of the big stages there and everything with, because it's all the folky stuff. Mm. Never done this before yeah. uh, with the bands, but yeah, the, the guys were delighted that we that we got in and we we got the gig, and then to be given, you know, the grand stage at midnight, wherever it was, was it was a great gig, and then then we played these blues town gigs, which were actually turned out arguably better. I don't, They're I, loose, you, man. They're, they're yeah, man. So when we got these loose. things, we turned up and we did the first one that went really went off. And then you know what it's like. You kind of if you have a really good gig at Woodford, as um, you know, the word goes round. I mean, I've been to Woodford when you know barefoot played, and, yeah. and the word goes round. You've got to come and see this band, and people who don't know the band yet come along, and yeah. before you know it, you've Spreads actually got quick, yeah. people swinging from the rafters. And the, second, <laughs> the second gig we played at Blues Town, man, you couldn't, as they say in Ireland, you couldn't twist a, t- a sweet in your mouth. It was absolutely <laughs> jammed. The whole place right up the hill up yep. the back you literally couldn't move um and uh, and then of course the icing on the cake because we had aaron from the soul bar mixing us purely by chance yeah so he was our buddy and he, he sort of friends of our, uh, a few people in the band anyway so he was uh, he did an amazing job for us and i think i'm not sure if he's forgiven me for throwing those great big two meter um beach balls out into the audience because he spent most of his time trying to mix with one hand <laughs> and this thing That's and, good point, food, man. and pointing at me and swearing at me and so I'm like, Mick, just get rid of this fucking ball <laughs> well it's blues town man that, that place gets it was loose but it was fantastic yeah because and we've done um calandra music festival before that the year or two before mm. um so yeah, it was it was yeah we've got, and we 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 had a great time there because we the when we got to record the first time with the so we did three singles the first time we were with uh, a year or two ago and we got the money from winning a the limelight thing yep. yeah um, uh, at the Clans Music Festival at the Clans Music Festival which yeah. was really lovely and we I didn't know anything about it until to be honest we didn't neither did I and yeah um, I mean when Barefoot played it last year we were nominated we didn't win I think oh, I can't remember who won it was it the Dregs it was I can't remember who won it but yeah um, yeah it's just where's this come from I didn't even that know anything great. about it yeah but that's yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah ah oh, festivals remember those <laughs> it's all gonna come back man you wait and see you wait and see you wait and see. i'm booking gigs in their front center already i've got about eight lined up with different yep. bits and pieces i've got three confirmed today uh for july and august yep. and now i've got about another four or five that are just all separate things that mm. are just gonna wait wait to drop just to get the the heads up for things but i mean it's you know i know it's i mean barefoot's booked three so far that's um, great it's fantastic i mean obviously we're, we just announced doing the zoo the zoo yeah man i saw things. that i'll be there man that love, love, loves me a barefoot gig that would be a fun one um and we haven't announced the other ones yet but yeah in due time um even even my other band mules we, we managed to sort of start booking gigs again too i mean we of course we can we can do the low capacity ones anyway because we were not well, a big band so it doesn't we've all, yeah exactly and it's a time to help each other it's a time for venues to mm. it you know what it's a really as they say you know who your friends are when the chips are down you know and it's the same with venues right yep. so uh, i deal with these as as you know i i sort of as much as you know i playing in three bands and running three bands i i i, I book and and promote just as much probably more than i actually play mm-hmm. but um it's really interesting to see the ones that are coming to the table and you know you can go back now and i've done it with a few venues and say i'm saying to them i've never let you down before every time i've booked a gig yeah. you've been packed to the rafters yeah. and i need you to do this now and i'm booking these bands and i need you to sort this out and blah 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 and it's interesting some of them are coming back some of them aren't and mm. you just think oh, it's fine there's plenty more venues <laughs> you know? oh, whoa just... we just broke up a little bit there hang on 
You with me still, Mick? Oh, frozen. Hang on, Mick, I'll get you back. Okay. Oh, I got you. No. <laughs> you broke the internets, bro. I don't know if that's me or you, mate. Ah, I've got, I've got you. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Ooh, we got movement. This is the first time that actually ever happened to me during this podcast. Yeah. Oh no. Got me. I'm gonna have to hold music while I sort this shit out. <laughs> Just, do, you, do you want me to call you back? Yeah, I've got you, man. Oh, away, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there you go. We can edit yeah, that bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's all... I don't edit this shit. This stays in. It stays funny and whatever the fuck it was. And I've lost you again. Dear federal government, sort out your NBN issues. So anyway, we're chatting to Mick from Sunny Coast Rude Boys, and yeah, we're having some um, connectivity kind of dramas, and just yep, failed. Yep, it's all right. Close that, and we'll call again. So this is the first for me. Soz. <laughs> See if this works. It's gonna end that one. We close this one, and we gotta accept this one. <laughs> oh man! The one, wonders of modern technology. All right, man. <laughs> Started the world run on it. No. Wow. That's gonna that's gonna make for some entertaining shit. That's all right. We'll, we'll have a little. Uh, you, that's a bit of editing going on. Nah, I don't. I don't edit anything like this, man. I don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just let it go. Whatever happens, happens. Just let it roll, uh, mate. Yeah, it there just takes go. so much time to edit that shit. I can't be. <laughs> this is this is how how it is, and this is how like a strained internet. That's works. how we roll, man. Yeah. That's all right. Bro. All right. What I was trying to <clears throat> before we were so rudely interrupted by this yes. stupid cutout thing, um, because. You're on both sides because you um, not only play in bands, but you also um, organise a festival. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts dealing with this thing now and when we're coming out of it and the changes? that Because there's going to be changes. There's no, no it's or buts. There's going to be changes about it. What are your thoughts with approaching and how we're going to see these festivals start coming back? Yeah, um, oh, do you know what I, mean? I, I don't know the answer to that, and I don't think anyone does really. Yeah. I, I can only go on 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 what I'm told when it comes through. Mm. Uh, my prediction, what I put my money on, is it will get to a point where um, it will be social responsibility. Yep. It will be right. It's on, and if you don't want to go, and if you don't want to go because you don't want to get a flu or then stay home then stay home yeah. and if you do go and we'll have to wait and see again i don't think the you know i'm not qualified to talk about um medical stuff here, obviously but i mean that's the way it's going to be i mean we i think we're very lucky well obviously for many reasons living in australia anyway but mm. the, in queensland with the low numbers and everything i just think um you, you know the economy is going to have to kick in soon i don't think the plan was ever to um, from what I've read anyway, was to finish the coronavirus or anything like that that's going to absolutely, it's going to end. No. It's to contain it. It's, it's, it's here. Really... It's with us. It's, it's... Well, as from next, as from Saturday coming, mm. that's 14 days from 30,000 people, whether you, whatever, we're not even going to go there, but yep. whatever you think about that situation, yep. if there was 30,000 people together, yep. unless there's a massive spike 14 days after that, yep. If there's no massive spike, whether you're 30,000 at a concert, a festival, a football match, or mm -hmm. a pro, is irrelevant in it, surely. Um, and it would seem that that seems to be the situation, as far as I can see. And I, like I said, I'm not qualified, so we'll, yeah. we'll wait. And, and all you can do is do responsibly. If it's um, if you can do that, uh, and there isn't a spike, and which it seems to be that situation so far, from what I 
red. I mean, if there was a spike, they'd be, it'd be all over the news by now, I'm sure. Mm. Um, the only, yeah, well, the only one that keeps popping up is Victoria, because Victoria... Which is the Victoria, and, and they're, they're all overseas <laughs> and people. They're, they're so tiny in that little state there and everything's so close and that's why well, we're that's, lucky in a big state so yeah absolutely yeah so we'll wait so i think i think it'll be fine and i just think as sooner or later it's going to get which i think will be sooner mm. um i reckon we're about a month away from people saying enough's enough it's yeah. your own business what you want to do now where the cases are very low and look up wash your hands and best of luck to you well, yeah, I mean, I seriously don't think we're going to see a massive flu season anymore because people are, like, sanitising. Well, they got better. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be a plus side. I think, um, and I've brought this up a few times with a few different artists, I think um, small gigs and that are still going to uh, are going to change um, mm. because of the fact of such dense capacity or smaller venues where you're really close in that may be changing the cap on certain things. Um, but sanitization is going to be the major thing. So, yeah, but I think that will be social responsibility. That'll be down yeah. to you to do. And they can't. The cap's already gone. It's the, the hundred person cap's already gone. It's just it's just surface area. It's just the yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. So that that's down to how many people you can have, and that's got to go as well soon. And it will just be. I, I'm not sure that will happen. Really, I'll tell you the biggest part to play is people coming out and supporting this thing. That's well, they've got nothing else to support because we can't get any international touring artists coming through. Well, we can't, you know, that, that's the way I see these things. I, I just think people have, uh, you know, I, I hope they uh, I hope they come to gigs and kick up as much of a fuss about coming to gigs as they did about running out of toilet roll and rice. Oh, yeah. No. I- <laughs> wow. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I didn't get my gig tickets. It's time for a revolt. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> That's the support we like. You've run out of T-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Time to get I reckon I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, always a positive kind of fella. But I think that's, uh, I think, I think we'll be just fine. I think we'll be just fine. I think if the, um, if the venues don't uh, uh, play cool with everybody um, and play fair, mm. Uh, and uh, and uh, and I think if the artists do as well, I think that's fine. And if everyone looks after each other, and everyone's like everything, man, if everyone's cool, it will work out. If everyone tries to get smart, it's not going to work out. Well, it will be. It'll just take so much longer to do. You know? So, do you reckon we'll see a Scar and Reggae first this 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 year, or basically? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. Good. Hundred percent. We will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you normally put like three on a year or something like that, don't you? Or four? Uh, three on the sunny coast. Yeah. I do. I do one in Brisbane, and I'm I'm sort of working on do. I had I had King Tide uh, booked. With, with, <laughs> I had King Tide of the Rude Boys booked um, for um, Corumbin in the Gold Coast uh, for April, and, and of course we got canned for that. But, mm. um, I got a yeah, very we'll, fond memory of King Tide. They're great guys, man. So yeah. we'll, we'll bring them up and and. You know, we'll get, we, you know, there's some great bands around, man. You know, you, you've got, you know, for me anyway, bands like, you know, you've got Bullhorn, you've got Oof, Kimmy yeah. down the, Kimmy Cruise down down the coast there, yep. Kimmy's band. You've got your, your Barefoot guys. I mean, you've got absolutely, you've got serious music, man, that can be brought together. And, and it will happen, man. We'll, we'll, you know, and, and, and a dozen more bands that I've forgotten to mention. But, I mean, there's some really good bands out there, and, and we'll get it going again. And I, that's what I think. I think there's no problem getting it. There won't be a problem getting it back together because these venues have to make it happen mm. um, to survive. That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, and we all want to play, so we'll all work it out. And I'm the same. You know, when I do the next um, Scar Festivals, I'll, I'll have, you know, in the first instance, certainly if I, you know, I will do something this year, but I'll have limited numbers without a doubt, but mm. guarantee, I 100% guarantee you I'll still pay the bands the same because yeah. you've got to, I'll make a little bit less and they've still, you know, they're not, none of us in playing music are making massive money anyway. So you've got to respect them. Yeah, you've got to respect them and do that. And listen, it's a long road, man. If mm. you look after people the first time round, then you've got nothing to, no issues with people. That's the way I always work. Anyone who plays, they get paid the same day there and then. And it's, that's the way it works. And then there's never, then at least, you know, when you speak to them two years in time, when you book them for another festival, if they know the way you roll, you mm. know, so 
and it works the other way off. You know, we've all got stories of venues where you're chasing a month, two months, three months after. You know, you can't be doing with that rubbish. With your um, Cool Britannia um, project, yes. Did did you end up playing that that show at the zoo, or that was just no, no. We were um, <coughs> again. We got we got coroned. Um, we uh, so that me I kind of kind of a bit of a, a hybrid of a person really because I kind of grew up in London from a an Irish family, so I grew up playing Irish traditional music mm. and the whole pogues thing, and then the more traditional stuff as well. Like I play with Sosta and do all that stuff. Um, to the point where all of my ska music that I learn is all in dad gad tuning. <laughs> it's really weird, right? Because it's an Irish tuning. Mm-hmm. People watch me playing the guitar, like, that's really weird, man. That's <laughs> not, you're not playing that at all, are you? I get, I get people every gig without a doubt, I get a dude standing, staring at my hands, going, you're, that guitar's not even plugged in, is it? Because I've got a remote on it. Yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, it's just a different tuning, man. Like, ah, bullshit, man. Anyway, that's not the story. But, um, yeah, we were. We're off, I've lost where we were now. Where were we? Um, growing up and listening to music and the. Growing up, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I kind of lost where we were anyway. But no, we were. Um, With Cool Britannia. Cool Britannia, sorry, that's where we were. So I was on <laughs> the hybrid because I kind of grew up from an Irish family playing Irish music, but then I grew up in London in the late 70s, early 80s, where it was the whole two tone mm. specials, madness, yep. the beat, bad manners, selector. So when I went to school with Jamaican kids and all that kind of stuff, that's what we listened to. And they're all my mates. And that's when I went out with my mates. When I came home, it was all Irish music. And then, of course, when I was in the early 90s, uh, when I was kind of really getting into music as mm. such, it was Oasis. Yeah, and Britpop. And like that. Yeah. Britpop, that was my thing when I was, you know, that was my era, really. I never really um, got it. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's fair enough, but I'm saying I'm a good bit older than you. Ah, uh, five years. Yeah, well, it's, there you it's, go. It's, it's, it's the same weird. generation, dude. So, yeah, kind of, but there's a big difference when you're younger. When I was, yeah, yeah when, when I was 15 and you were 10, that's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> good point, good point. That's a fair point, like, like, you know, for music stuff. You know, when, with, I was, when, with, you were, when you were like 12, I was drinking in pubs, like in London. <laughs> <laughs> listen to Oasis. Um, so that's fair enough. So, 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 yeah, that was my thing. So I, I kind of, you know, obviously with um, a full river dance Heart of Ireland show, an Irish band, a ska band, and a Queensland <laughs> ska festival, I didn't have enough on my plate. No, so not at all. I mean, what are you? I thought I put another one in there. <laughs> yeah. So we've we've been there rehearsing with these guys that are just phenomenal, man. I I, I absolutely loving it. So. um yeah, we're playing all this stuff as well now. So, yeah, we've got a few bits and pieces lined up. We're going to play in Kingscliff in... That's another gig. At the Beachy? At the Beach Hotel? At the Beachy, yeah. We're, oh, we're gonna I do, love that venue. Yeah, we're going to do the Beachy. Um, uh, we do that kind of once a year with the Rude Boys, and then I'm doing it once a year. Oh, the first gig is going to be, so it'll be anything with, the, uh, with Cool Britannia as well. So the way we're working it is we're doing uh, a, a one-hour set or one-bit-hour set of... Britpop, so that's The Verve, mm-hmm. um, Happy Mondays, a bit of everything, all that kind of stuff, James, um, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Kind of. And then the second is just like a, an Oasis set. It's just rock and roll set, man. So it's great fun. Mm. I actually gained a little bit of um, respect for Oasis and, to a degree, Liam Gallagher. I, I hate. I actually hate saying oh. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After watching that documentary that that's um, yeah. up on, is it on Netflix? I think it's all Stan. Yes, yes, yeah. There's a few. There's a um, couple of. It was really cool. I mean, like I've I've at some stage I've I've sided with Noel Gallagher and then listen to him and then I go, no, nah, he's a twat, and then go and have a listen to what Liam's doing. It's going, oh no, he's a twat. Oh, but they're both twats. Who's right? Who's wrong? That uh, can never figure yeah. it out. But I, I I like the way you can actually see his point of view like Liam's point of view yeah. with how I think, and he, he loved that band. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's very difficult. I mean, psychologically, it would do a lot to you. Not that I'll ever know, but it'll do a lot to your brain if you go out and play in front of a 100,000 people mm. just to go, and you, you get told you money is no issue for anything. You get what you want when you want, and for many years when you're a young man and and you're being told every day how amazing you are and you're a genius and they're comparing you to the Beatles and mm which is just crazy. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, this is a whole other podcast, man, but I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer in bands like, um, 
you know, even you're, you're the band I know you from, that there is, a, if there was a major backer, there's no reason why someone like Barefoot couldn't be a massive band. Absolutely no reason whatsoever yeah. in this world. Absolutely no reason. Um, take yourself out of the equation for a second. I'm just talking to you as a man yeah. and just talk about it objectively as a band. Yeah. Some, a band like that, they've got the right sound, the right look, they're the right, everything's right. So that is, if there was somebody that put a lot of money behind that band, mm. which is unfortunately, as we all know, is the higher you start rising up, the, the best, it, yeah. they're all good musicians, man. It's nothing to do with that. It's who's backing you yeah. and the business side of it, right? So if you were on radio and you put on song. I mean, how is Impolite not the perfect radio song ever? Well, to be fair, it used to introduce Roots and All for every every um sort of every Monday something, night for a year. Something like that. So you yeah. you look at things like that, and and it's just it, it, that happened to that band. Somebody's got to be famous, right? Mm. And they did an amazing job. They're a great band. But I mean, if you look, I mean, if you look at it's not massively complicated music at all, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it's, and, and, and hats off to them. I, you know, Jesus, as they said, I'd love to be a fiver behind him, like, you know, but he's, uh, he's he, they're, they're, they've done a fantastic job. They wrote some amazing songs. But mm. I mean, if, if someone's got to be famous and, and it, it's, as we all know, it's not the, um, it's not the most talented uh, uh, musicians either. That's not what makes you famous. It's usually you know. a loud mouth that does it. Well, it's, you know, it, there's, the lots, there's, lot, there's, lots, you know, there's lots of factors that come into it, mm. and, and just being the best band isn't certainly isn't the one that... Um, uh, and, 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 and like I said, like I said, I, I, I don't mean to be blowing smoke with Barefoot, but bands like Barefoot and, and a dozen other I, I could name that, that could be just as, fa you know, with the right backing and the right sort of note and the right people behind them that take notice of them and, and have a vested interest could be, you know, absolutely famous. On. Well, here's one thing I want to bring up with you. And I've, I've, it's been a, a gripe of mine for some time now playing in roots and, and reggae music. Yeah. For, for a genre that is borrowed from a lot in pop music, particularly, I don't think it still gets the respect um, widespread respect that it should, particularly with uh, independent artists in Australia, uh, in America and uh, over in the UK. We've got a big following in um, Amsterdam and we've got a following in, um, I think, Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, even with, with, with Kiwi reggae and that sort of stuff in Australia, we just don't seem to adopt it commercially. Yeah, and yeah. I I've, I've I mean, cannot figure out why because well, apart from the whole Bob Marley syndrome, I mean, if someone says, "Oh, you listen to reggae," automatically they're just going to think Bob Marley, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually don't listen to that much Bob. No. I, I actually listen to more Damien Marley or I listen to Kiwi reggae more mm -hmm. than what I with Bob Marley. Not disrespecting Bob Marley. I, 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 but it's it's uh, I mean again it's, gee, it's we, a difficult we thing. can do we can do a few of these podcasts man. New Zealand is the biggest consumer apart from I believe uh, Hawaii actually uh, outside Jamaica Brazil they're, I think I think Brazil they're, yeah. what, they're right up there one one mm. of the you know who's just adopted this uh, adopted this you know Jamaican sort of reggae music mm. as, as their music and then fair place and made their own and they've got. You know, look at some of the bands that have come out of there, Catch a Fiber, Power, these guys. They're just... You Black Seeds. I mean, we're talking... Oh, stop, man. We can see... <laughs> you know, we, we're talking about bands that should be famous. Power, come on, man. Yeah. In my opinion, I just think, oh, sweet. You just sit there and listen to that band live. And why, well, you know... Touring with Catch a Fire last year and, yeah. and um, getting to know the guys... I don't know, like I didn't think I'd actually get to know on a personal level, but like I, I got to spend some time with, with Terry, the the bass player, and um, um, and we got to hang out with um, Jamire Morgan and um, his rhythm section, who were incredible. And the more they went along along that tour in, in Australia, because they were only playing as a three piece, as a bass player, drummer, who was basically a programmer as well, and Jamire. And the more they went along, the more comfortable they got, and they actually started adopting members of Catchify. And then um, at some stage, like Asher and Rowie from and from from Barefoot were getting up and doing um, jamming with them, yeah, and mm. opening up. But I think one of the things that really struck a chord with me was chatting to the drummer, full Jamaican, 
Uh, I had to actually ask him to slow down when he was talking because I was having trouble <laughs> understanding what he was saying, but it was, it's just, just, that's just me. Um, one of the things he said was at the back of the Northern at, at the, at Byron. And he said, um, I don't care what color you are. Um, the music, um, is universal. The music means a lot to anyone and everyone and, and anything. It was something along that lines. It was something I'm not, I'm quoting paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. it, he was basically saying he doesn't care. You, you don't have to be black, Jamaican black, to, to play reggae music, and I think that's a stereotype. That actually, oh, we absolutely. we have I mean, we have trouble doing in Australia is that people will because um, the whole trope of like white boys with dreads and that sort of stuff. I mean, I used to have dreadlocks too, but I didn't even freaking listen to red, dread, reggae when I had dreadlocks. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's just it's people take that stuff too seriously man i yeah. mean if you look at i mean scars are a relatively new genre of music like you know it, it's only been around since the 60s like, wasn't scar around before reggae scar scar yeah. oh, sorry a reggae was yeah. a relatively new and yeah. scar 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 absolutely was that's where reggae came from from mm. scar music which in turn came from rhythm and blues and calypso music yep. and what have you um so, you know, and if you can sort of, wherever that came from originally, you can keep going back. But to, it's music's music, man. Mm. There's only two types, of, two types of music, man. It's a good music. And shit. Shite, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, that, that's that's it. So, you know, it's fine. You did make me laugh, though, when you, uh, you did, did made me remember something. When we, uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one very quick little yep. war story. Go for um, it. That we, uh, you were saying you could hardly understand the uh, Jamaican's accent. As a growing up in, in London, I, I went to school with loads of Jamaican guys, so I kind of had no problem with their accent whatsoever. Yeah. We um, we did support um, a couple of times actually for uh, the the Whalers. Yeah. Um, Which version though? The, the, the original Whalers, Good. the unoriginal, yeah. uh, with 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 Al Anderson. <laughs> yep. um, so anyway, um, I'll, I'll paraphrase it quickly for for your podcast. But so anyway, we have they're great fun. These guys, you know. Very good musicians. Oh, yeah. uh, Al Anderson was done a few tours with the Whalers and the original actual Bob Marley and the Whalers. He's the American guy that sort of jumped in with them. Yep. The, so very good. And the rest of the guys weren't original uh, Whalers at all. So I'm, I'm confused why the band was called the original Whalers. But anyway, still, the music was very good. And uh, we were delighted to get the gig for them. So we went down and um, we were down at the Parkwood Tavern in the Gold Coast, right, mm-hmm. doing support for the Whalers with the Rude Boys. And, of course, we were doing the Scar thing to start with, and we were having a few drinks before the gig, and um, we were just waiting for them to do their sound check. So I walked, I, I just walked in, had my guitar and a few bits of my back, backpack, a few bits and pieces in it, and uh, Chet's a great big dude, man. He's a, he's a big, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm yeah. quite a big fella. I'm six foot five, yeah. or 17 stone, I'm a big <laughs> lad. He's like me standing next to you, man. He's a big <laughs> guy, like this raster, right? So he walked up to me and um, he, he he was joking at us because the first thing, the first funny thing was he said, uh, we were all there because we, we, we arrived quite late and we were all actually already in our gig gear, which was kind of the black and white stuff mm-hmm. in the sky thing. And he says, uh, he says, oh look, it's it's the fat specials. I said to the root boys, we've got to rename the band and just call ourselves the fat specials, right? So anyway, the best bit is he walks over and he uh, I walked up to him and he was doing the sound check. It sounded great, this massive system there. And uh, he came down really nice. He put his guitar on the stand while the other guys were carrying the song on. And he said, there you go. He says, are you Mick? And I, I said, yeah, man, you Chet. He said, no, nice to meet you, man. And um, I, I'm like, I'm six foot five. He must be like six, seven, this lad. He's a big bloke. So uh, he went for the Jamaican uh, yeah. fist bump, yeah? Yeah. And I didn't see it all. I just sort of, so I stood there and I, I, I shook his <laughs> fist, right? And I was looking him up in the eye. I was looking like a little schoolboy. And I yeah. said to him, I think that's the whitest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> So he, started, he cracked up laughing and he says, uh, he says, okay, I says, hold on, man. He says, I'll give you another go. So we did this bump. <laughs> so anyway, I went back and, oh, yeah, so as I did this, that was the last bit. As I did this, the bass player was still playing and he just looked down from the stage and went, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what bass players are like. Oh, yeah. So anyway, 
Anyway, I, I we got halfway through the support gig. Uh, we were doing, you know, some some specials, doing Gangsters and Monkey Man and all this kind of stuff. Getting, we had a really good gig. We were loving it. Halfway through the show, uh, halfway through my like fifty minute support, I thought for a laugh I would tell the audience the story I just told you. Yeah, yeah. and I was telling them the story, and I thought it was the. I thought it was hilarious. I thought I was doing so well, Reese, because the crowd were cracking up. Yeah. And I was like, I know the story's good, but it's not that good. And just as I finished and I went to take, do the next song, yeah. I realised that Chet, when I started talking, walked behind me and he was doing the he was doing the ten signals of the whole story, acting it out behind me. <laughs> anyway, that's my, that's my word story. Behind your back. Oh man. That's cool. I think that's the beautiful thing about music. There's, you don't need to care about race or anything like that. People no, appreciate um, it for good shit. Well, it's, uh, it's, um, it, it, I think it means different things to different people. But for me, it's just um, uh, the, the thing that I do it for is nothing else that I can do can, you know, I can go out and just yep. see all those people enjoying themselves and you, it is giving, you know. It sounds, I know it sounds very hippie. You know, no, it's that, it's that, it's, that, it's true. It's that pocket you get into, and I just think that's yep. the out of the older I get, it's the simpler life gets. So I just think, be kind, yeah. and if I can do something to make people happy, um, that's you know everything's cool with it, and and I can just do my best when I go out there. Um, that's what I do it for, you know. Mm. Do you still get nervous when you get on stage in front of a big crowd? No, do you know what? I bet you're the same, man. Big crowds don't bother me. No, little crowds all. scare the shit little out of me, man. Little crowds scare the shit out of me, yep. man. I've done 20,000. I've done big ones, man. <laughs> but I've never, yep. like, little ones, little ones freak me out. Um, yeah. I do but, get, like, a moment, like, if we're playing, like, particularly when we play, was it New Year's Eve um, on the beach in Malulba, and I looked up, and oh, I, just, yeah. I just saw the crowd going from where we were all the way to the, to the loo of the view. Yeah, yeah. And I went... Ooh, that's a lot of people, but it, it didn't it didn't really af- affect me. I just went, oh, that's a lot of people. But like, yeah, a lot of people all on your side, mate. Yeah, yeah, but if you're playing to like twenty people, it's it messes with your head. Yeah, it can do. Yeah, but no, it's it's uh, no, I I don't. Um, I go out and have fun, but it depends. You know, I suppose the trick I've always had up my sleeve is. I've never tried to be cool. You know, I'm not, that I've is never, a trick. Rude, Rude Boys is not a cool band, right? Mm. It's it's a fun band. We can pack a venue because we have fun up there, right? We've got a solid following, right? The gentle art of uh, not giving a shit, basically. N- absolutely. <laughs> we go out there, and I'll tell you what, we do a really good job. I know we, and if we didn't, I'd say, you know, but we go out there, we do a really good job, we get books. We pull really good numbers. We do all that stuff. It's great. Um, and that's fine. With the Irish thing, you know, we've been on tour with Buddy, Archie Rose, Tommy Emmanuel, mm, Cole's, wow. done all of this stuff in Europe, France. We've done all this shit. Done Hyde Park in Sydney twice. We've done QPAC. We've done, we were at QPAC last week. Yep, yeah. We've done with Katie Noonan. We've done all kinds of shit. But it's Irish music. Um, uh, which is a different, the crowd is very different lots mm. of times. So we do two two things with that. We do the nice Irish concert, the river dance thing, and then we do like a Pogues kind of gig as well. Yep. Um, but if if I'm in front of 200 Irish lads drinking Guinness, uh, we're playing all the hits for them. It's, you know, it's, it's 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 cool, but it's not cool, cool. It's not trying to be cool, trying to get into the magazines and all this. Mm. It's not that, you know. Mm. Uh, and they got. I'm very, again. I'm very lucky with that band. I've got three seriously good musicians backing me up. You know, um, so when you go out with that attitude, and and it comes a, for me anyway. I think it comes as, certainly with getting a bit older as well. Where that's not what I do it for. It's not, I don't do it. I don't want to because I wasn't. I wasn't cool when I was young, Bruce. So I'm going to try now. Like you know, I just want to be just just be cool with people. Just be nice with people. Come and play music and. That's the thing we were talking very briefly before we started recording about going to the gym and people, you know, all the lockdown and people getting glad, being very glad that they could get to go to the gym and uh, and just not think about anything else and and just constantly, you know, be in the zone. It's the same that's thing what, with on stage. That's what a gig is for yeah. me. The same second thing. I go on there, 
I'm not clever enough to think about anything else. I go on there, and whether I'm playing in front of 20 people, which I've done, and I've played in front of 20 and 30,000 people, it's it's the same thing. I go out there and I give 110% because we're so lucky to be able to do what we do. Yeah. Um, and and experience that, that Agreed, yeah. a lot of people don't and nobody knows when it's their last gig as well man well we've just had a taste of that pretty much haven't we this year so well nobody yeah but that, nobody knows when it's their last gig as in something happens there yep. you know you hear it when a band falls apart and then it never really gets together and then the, mm. the, the, the guys in the band or the, whoever's playing the people in the band never really play in another band again or someone hurts their hand or whatever the fuck it is you know yeah. you never know so if you go out there and just do everything you possibly can that's it's the for me it's the best medicine in the world man. dude that was profound it's, it's good strangely that's... poetic <laughs> That's a good way to end the podcast, man. We just we're just about to hit fifty minutes, believe it or not. Oh, that was a big one. I didn't even know. Yeah, no, nah, you ended that brilliantly. I'll give you a virtual high five on that one, yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. That's Reece, cool. Thank you so much for having me, mate. You're welcome. Um I'll put links down. Is the single um out on the digital streaming or is it just up on your on Facebook? It's up there at the moment. It will be on Spotify. Uh, I'll put that one and El Rollo and uh, the 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 uh, what's the other song? Uh, Clap your hands is the, the the other song, which is the the cover of the glam rock song. <laughs> and then we've also got a, a rude style, which was another uh, single, and uh, we did a cover of Message to You, Rudy, as well. So we'll have yeah. four or five. I'll just I'll just I'll just link to you the the, the yeah man. The we'll put it up in a couple of days. We'll have it up and running, and yeah, it'd be great. Thank you so much for having me, mate. We'll see welcome. you next time. All right, man. Hang on the line there. I'll, I'll have a quick chat to you after this sort of All stuff. Right, so, ladies and gentlemen, Mick Hughes from Sunny Coast Rude Boys, Queensland's Carnival Reggae Festival, <gasps> Cool Britannia, Sasa, <laughs> and picking <laughs> just yeah, it's Mick. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed that podcast and previous ones and you have not done so yet, please go and press the little subscribe button down there. That's the one. Um, And ring the bell. It matters. It means a lot to me. Um, I've I've been doing this series now. I think we're up to episode 17 or something. People have been enjoying it and I've been enjoying it. So thank you for watching. Um, Thank you for supporting local music, live music, Sunshine Coast music, Queensland music, Australian music. Thank you.